Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello once again and welcome to Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. And Brother Lucas. There are no friends at twilight time. Oh my God. We have a movie to talk about that has had such a fraught release unto the cinematic world. We are talking, of course, about Christopher Nolan, St. Christopher Nolan's Tenet. It's finally here. I mean, when did this even come out, technically? Like, months and months and months ago, right? Yeah, this is a sad, sad story because (laughs) uh, had Nolan, like, had a later release date, it it would, I think, got pushed with um like no time to die and dune like maybe Mm -hmm. there's still a chance in some world we can all see this together in a theater but because it opened the summer of covid uh they didn't really know what to do so they they released it sort of kind of i guess and he definitely wanted people to see it in the theater so it was like this is this is the one that's going to bring people back and have them brave COVID to come back to the theater to watch. And that's kind of what happened. But we didn't didn't make it. It almost, I mean, there was many, I was very tempted at numerous times throughout the summer when it was out to (laughs) just brave it. I really wanted to see this in the IMAX screen. And then we put on your hazmat suit. Yeah. And then we come to this fall and AMC theaters are renting out theaters um, where you can bring in your quarantined friends, just the lodge. We were going to have a screening. It <laughs> yes. was set for, I can't remember the exact date, but it was in October, I think. Uh, or maybe it was November. Yeah, I think it was like November 15th. We were going to do it. And then a huge wave of COVID swings into Southern California and AMC Theater shut down again. And we. It was right before we were going to actually get to go. Yeah, it was like days and before. It, and it was brutal. It was brutal. God smote us, and we we were struck down in mm. our in our prime. Yeah. And we were not able to do it. So at a certain point, it's just like you know, it's it's available on VOD. Are we going to do this? Or are we not? And it's time for the Lodgecast to tackle Tenet once and for all. Even though we had to watch it at home, so we saw it projected as big as we possibly could. We turned it up. And, you know, we got as much of the experience, the intended experience as we possibly could. And uh, I'm very curious to see (laughs) how you guys computed it. I'm going to start off by saying that, you know, I consider myself to have some level of intelligence. I usually can pretty accurately compute what's going on. And this one, this one was difficult for me. I'll have to admit, and I'm not mm. too proud to admit, that I had a bit of trouble understanding what the fuck was going on in this movie. <laughs> so I lean on you boys to help me a bit because I feel like you guys are a bit more dialed into Mr. Nolan's uh, predilections and maybe you guys got more out of it than I did. So have at it. 
Yeah, I mean, I was coming off of Dunkirk, which is one of my favorite films of the last years, Four Bones. So this was very high, very high hopes for this one. And I, and I knew Hotly from, anticipated. From, from Lodgemaster that this was going to be a different one to comprehend. So I kind of took a, advantage of my home screening. I'm also um, mm. rooming with family here in San Francisco. So I uh, watched it on my laptop late at night. Uh, <laughs> and and over, over about a four-hour period, well, about a three-and-a-half-hour period, I took... I took my time with it. I rewound several. Yeah. I rewound it at several points. I was reading the schnapps as we went along to make sure that I was getting everything. And, and this was your first viewing this, you were doing? This this was my very, did you watch it once? No, this is my very okay. first viewing. I only watched it once last night. And I, I have to say that it helped a lot because I think if I just watched it, <laughs> if I just watched it in theaters, it's hard to say, but if I just watched it in theaters one way all the way through, I would have been like, yeah, I need to go back and watch that again. And still I'm like, yeah, I need to go back and watch that again. But um, right. but it helped me to track what I will try to describe as the plot. Before we get into it, Lucas, what was your first blush response? I I uh I wasn't super as excited for this Christopher Nolan movie than previous ones. And I think because when I saw the trailer initially in the before times, it didn't really <laughs> it didn't really wow me, let's say, the way any of his previous trailers had. Like even Dunkirk. Sure. The trailer was pretty amazing. I felt and and Inception, that trailer was amazing, and so on and so forth. But with Tenet, it kind of had this like Matrix Reloaded vibe or something where I was like, you know, the freeway mm. driving. I was like, I've seen yeah. this set piece before. The suits kind of reminded me of James Bond. So I'd kind of seen that before. Like all the images in the trailer like didn't really get me hot and bothered. And so I did want to see it like 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 we all did, like on the big screen, I, ideally IMAX or Dolby Atmos, you know, where the sound is just like that much more. Uh, intense, but I projected uh, at home on Blu-ray and I watched it twice, um, once uh, with no subtitles and then once with subtitles about like a, a, a week, <laughs> nice. a, a week or a week and a half apart. I forget how, how long apart, but, lo but long enough for me to kind of digest what I'd seen and, and to go back. And yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> so I'm not crazy. I'm not no. crazy, right? No, not it's, at all. Not at all. And honestly, like the first time, uh, I missed a lot because I didn't pause or anything. Like I, I watched it straight through and I got like the broad yeah. strokes or like the 30,000 feet altitude picture of like what's happening. <laughs> but the minutia right. or the logistics of it didn't make any sense to me. And when I was watching it a second time with subtitles, the First thing I noticed, like, and I couldn't believe how how dumb I was because in the trailer and in the first time, like, he goes, tenants a word and a gesture, like, use it wisely. And I'm like, okay. And the first time I saw it, I never, ever thought about it again. And then in the second time with the subtitles, he's, like, saying the word and doing the gesture, like, in every other scene. And I'm like, oh, my God, this actually, like, <laughs> is integral to the plot, you know? So right. you really do need, like, to pause it or to pay attention because the sound mix, as always, is 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 a chore. So, Bishki, on your intense laptop deep dive, what did you come away with? Like, what are some of the pearls that you gained from that viewing experience? Well, 
here's the general schnapps from. Yes, please. And I'm winging this. I'm not. I didn't Bishki. write this down. I'm winging this. This is pure Bishki. This is Bishki schnapps. If you want to play the music, you can. Okay, major spoilers here. This is going to be longer than a Rotten Tomatoes schnapps. Um, from Bishki Tomatoes. From Bishki Tomatoes. Here we go. So in the future, <laughs> there is a kind of a future Oppenheimer uh, person who unlocks uh, algorithm which causes time to reverse globally or can potentially cause time to reverse globally on earth, which due to the physics of it would basically wipe out life on earth worse than nuclear Got Holocaust. It. So, um, we have our protagonist who is, uh, I'm sorry, help me with his name. David, John, Washington. John, John, David Washington, John, David Washington, Denzel's son. And he, uh, joins jumping back in time to, into, to the present he joins a uh, shadow organization called Tenet, which is from the future, that is out to stop a madman who is collecting the nine separated pieces of the algorithm in order to destroy it <laughs> and in the present day take out humanity. So our protagonist uh, joins forces with Neil, uh, played by, help me with his name. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. And they um, together are slowly approaching the Russian oligarch named Andre Sator, played by Sir Kenneth Branagh. And they are trying to figure out a way to prevent him from once they once they realize that um, <laughs> he is going to detonate this um, um, uh <laughs> algorithm and 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 send time backwards and kill humanity they are trying to prevent this from happening in the present moment and so they do some inverted time travel to go back in the timeline and prevent this from happening um that's that's my schnapps it's it's very uh i don't know if you follow any of that it's flawless okay <laughs> i've seen the movie and i followed about half of it okay <laughs> so basically what's getting the butts in the seats really is all the cool reverse shit that nolan has served up for us so that means you know hand-to-hand combat backwards looks ridiculous, but it's also kind of cool. It's amazing. And cars driving backwards on the freeway and all sorts of all sorts of cool backwards shit. You're there for that, but the plot to me felt like he's building like a Rube Goldberg machine that fills up like his whole palatial estate just to pour like a half glass of orange juice. Like, it was so complex for what I feel I was left with that it it just seemed like so much sound and fury signifying, I don't, I don't really know what, you know? Like, it just seemed like a math equation that he was doing to entertain himself. You know what's fucked me. up is I didn't even know there was an algorithm until I watched it a second time with the subtitles. <laughs> 
Like I thought watching it the first time there was a MacGuffin. There was like an actual like uh, flux capacitor that they were like running around with in this like little orange pelican case or something. Yeah. That yeah. that that was like the the battery or or the floppy disk, if you will, that they stuck in the TSA body scan machine. That's like this revolving kind of cylinder elevator that like spins you from left to right or right to left or something. But like to hear <laughs> Bishki lay it out like that is is a first because like Nolan doesn't even do a good job of explaining it. And he has a lot of scenes where people are explaining shit. Like they don't show you anything, but they, they tell you everything, you know? And it's like, I don't know what I'm yeah. supposed to make of this. Cause what they're talking about is fucking ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> so Bishki, what, with your stopping and starting, like, were you following the plot? Like, were you invested in the plot? Like, what was that experience like? I would say through the first half I mean, I was following it. I would, I would say it felt like Christopher Nolan doing James Bond kind of, because um, mm, there's not yeah. a lot of backward stuff going on in the first half of the movie. It's mostly sure. chronological and him trying to get closer to the Kenneth Branagh villain. And so I was kind of like with it. I was, I was like, because I was reading what was going on, I was following it and wasn't you know, confused necessarily because I was taking it so slowly. Mm-hmm. And but I thought where the movie just really picked up for me was the big ambush scene, which would have been just amazing on the big screen. The um, They're in Estonia and they're ambushing a convoy um, to try to retrieve mm-hmm. one, one of the parts of the artifact. And that's where all the inversion stuff starts to happen. And... They go on right. to a scene with Kenneth Branagh inverted in the turnstile, which is the thing in the Freeport, which sends you basically backwards through time, but not like back in time, like back to the future, more like you're living time <laughs> in reverse and you're walking through time. You're going backwards in time. Which yeah. I think is incredible. I've never seen it before on film. Uh, I think it's an amazing visual idea. Like it just works visually. It's confused. It's kind of confusing, but it's kind of like I compare it to like, I listened to the audio book of Stephen Hawking's like a brief history of time. And you're like, every once in a while do you like, you pick up like, okay, that's what's going on. Or this is what's going on. Like you're just like, right. Physics of it is crazy, but it really is like a mind bender. And I don't know. I've, I just thought the movie really picked up at that point. And I was kind of with it for pretty much the rest of the way, like in terms of the action and the inversion of the action. I was kind of the opposite where like the first half, like the first hour, I was totally with it, even though, yeah, I didn't really know what was going on or what it was about. But then as soon as Kenneth Branagh showed up, I kind of like, I was like, oh man, like, is it, this is what it is. And then like that whole story, I was just like rolling my eyes at it kind of. I was like, So that's Fuck. just like the movie. You were going, you were going forward. Bishki was going backwards <laughs> through the beginning and then you flipped. Yes. We inverted. You flipped at that key, you yeah. inverted at that key moment. Each of our own viewing experiences had a different entropy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was just flatlined through the middle of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I agree like it's a it's a brilliant concept and when there were those pops of like oh shit I get what's going on it is great but like for me personally 
Like I would need some sort of more down to earth plot going on. Like, oh, maybe they're robbing a bank or something and the and they're going to do it backwards. Like something a little just a little more of a nugget that I can grasp, you know, cuz cuz this is all just a labyrinth being built inside Nolan's head and I'm I don't I don't really have tickets to that yet. You know, maybe I need to see it three more times to fully get it, but if I'm just sitting down to watch a movie like one time and it's this dense, like it's just it's tough to it's tough to get excited about for me anyway. Yeah, no, I think the the footnotes definitely help. Like I just had Wikipedia open the whole time and I was reading step by step and then I would rewind any conversations like <laughs> but it's like that's is that, you know, I don't I didn't experience the movie I guess like normally the first time. So, right. I mean, look, I if, if you like when I watched it the first time, I mean, the notes that I wrote down cuz I do have like a little bit of notes was like there's no dead air. Right. He swamps right. you with wall to wall action and score and the dialogue is is real. Like there is no ADR. Like it's all production sound because you can't hear a fucking word anyone is saying. <laughs> it's true. Like it's even true. when they're not wearing gas masks, like 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 you were like, wait, wait, what are they saying? And then like, you know, you're just getting gist of it, like the gist, like. Uh, Bishke said with the history of time, like eventually things come into play where you're like, oh, they're talking about Kenneth Branagh, Sator or whatever, or they're talking about uh, somebody else that we haven't seen or met yet, but they wrote the algorithm or, or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, basically Nolan doesn't give you any time to think. Like he wants no. you, he wants you to and it's like two have, and a half hours. Oh man. Straight. See, that's, see, that's the other problem <laughs> is like when I was watching it the first time, I remember I, I was thinking like, uh, when they, when they, when the plane blew up in the hangar, I was like, Oh, yeah. this is it. Like, this is the climax. This is the end. <laughs> and then I like check the runtime and I'm like, Oh fuck. I have like another hour or like an hour and a half <laughs> or something. And I was like, Holy yeah. shit. Because by yeah. yeah, by two hours and eight minutes, because when I watched it the second time, uh, I had I had partaken in some uh, THC strawberry syrup. No way. And when like the second time when I got like to the two hour point, I was ready to I was ready to give up. I was like, I can't. I have 25 <laughs> more minutes. Like I, I'm like trying to like stay focused. But there's just so much going on. And the performances that you have are very matter of fact, casual. Yeah. You could almost call them table read uh, performances mm. because they're so lackadaisical and they're so loose that they're like telling yeah. you all this shit. And you're like, if you're not paying attention again, you're lost. Like you're totally, totally lost. You have to be totally locked in to even stand half a chance at this. And, you know, like maybe that was part of the method to the madness. He's like, you know, I'm going to make people come back to the theater three times. That's how we're going to save the theater business. You know, it just so happened that COVID had different ideas. But the idea that, like, to even grasp the movie, you need to see it twice minimum yeah. is pretty incredible in this day yeah. and age. Yeah, so. and, he, and he sets it up to, I feel, like Bishke said, this is his James Bond franchise and there's going to be more movies with the protagonist. Like, I don't know if it'll be a continuation of tenant or, or inversion technology, but like I see 
these like mercenaries saving the world. Cause there's a line where Robert Pattinson is like, we saved the world. What could have almost been or whatever. There's like a, there's like a line that kind of sums up what they do as an organization. And it's much bigger than, right. than we know, because we only see like, you know, the guy on the boat that like tells them the secret handshake, like, thing right which again is kind of casual the way he does it yeah that's all <laughs> so i know be careful you, it'll open the right doors and some of the wrong ones and that's it and it's like all right i mean i guess i will see it again someday yeah. um i'm gonna see it on the big screen <laughs> i vow i will go back to a theater to see this because i know like warner brothers will have to re-release it just to make amends you know yeah. like they have to yeah see it the way it was meant to be seen type marketing like i'll yeah. go see it in a theater for sure bishki any other thoughts on this film I mean, most of it was just me trying to make sense of it. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it, Chris, Christopher <laughs> Nolan, I mean, directorially, like visually, it's just, it's amazing. Like all of his yeah, films. as but, always. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, Terminator slash Back to the Future, time travel yep. paradoxes that are going on all over the place that... Um, there was even a Terminator 2 callback, I thought, like where he's fighting himself in this like weird warehouse kind of hallway, it was like the two Terminators fighting in that same kind of hallway, mm -hmm. you know, like aesthetically. Yeah. I guess I kind of would recommend if you're just going to be watching it at home, like, you know, take your time with it. Like try to get, try to, <laughs> like, I just recommended the way I did it. I did it in like four hours and just tried to understand as much as I could. Cause I was like, well, I'm sitting on my laptop. Might as well pause it and try to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere in a far off place, Christopher Nolan weeps because he knows you're watching yeah. it on a fucking oh, laptop. Man. At least yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. your iPhone, you know? Yeah, no, I wouldn't bigger. do it. I wouldn't yeah, do it that I, disservice. I, I'm going to dive deep into like the Wikipedia of the synopsis because I was staying away from all that until I saw it a second time because I wanted to see how smart I was as a viewer if I could like piece all this together. Because the first time I watched it, it was really hard for me to figure out what the two stories had to do with each other. Like the, the Kenneth, right. the Kenneth Branagh, bad marriage, custody battle. And, and then the protagonist, you know, John David Washington's, you know, globe trotting adventure. I was like, what? Right. these seem like two different movies and they're both interesting, but like together, I don't think they work. <laughs> like they don't, uh, pay off or something, you know, like it would have made more sense to me if the villain was building like the, the algorithm to invert things to like, you know, take over the world or something as opposed to destroy sure. it purpose. I don't know. Like, I just thought like maybe Nolan could have uh, worked with a co-writer like his brother or somebody to like flesh it out more. Um, yeah, I agree. The stakes for the villain are kind of weird. Like they're weird. Like, yeah, with cat with cat. You know, the main. Um, well, I, I guess also like in terms of like, yeah, the st you mentioned the stakes. It's like. Right off the bat, end of the world, nuclear holocaust? No, it's worse than nuclear holocaust. And it's like, okay, well, what the fuck is that? You know, like <laughs> you're not telling, you're not explaining it, you know, you're not showing us what it is. And then as things are happening, like like when, when she's like, my husband's going to kill himself. Well, do you know when he would do it? Well, we had this like really nice day on a boat. Like, you know, like maybe he'll do it that day. And it's like, okay. And we spilled some raspberries. I know, but but I, I still don't feel the tension or the stakes. Like there's no giant way 
wave of water about to like crush the city or there's no like gamma ray like heating it up or whatever it is. It's like you never are worried that the world's going to end and, you know, Armageddon and no. like, I, I don't know. Like, I wish there it's might super. Hi- it feels super hypothetical. And you're like, are these people all just like, are they all insane or is this really going to happen? You know, like the stakes don't hit home for you because it's all just a drift in this weird world. Honestly, I think it's because Nolan doesn't set up the concept or the idea in a very traditional way, which would be right. Ordinary world. He's a really cool SWAT team guy, international, whatever. <laughs> and and his boss is like, what do you know about Tenant? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, ah, okay. So now I'm going to tell you what it is. And then he explains it. Now you're going to go on this mission. He goes on the mission. All of a sudden, bullets are going backwards. What the fuck is happening? And then, like, you know, you explain what's happening while while it's happening. Like, it's exposition as ammunition. Right. It's, like, dramatized. Then you get into, like, yeah, the Kenneth Branagh of it all. And hopefully the Kenneth Branagh story is better than him just being, like, a Vladimir Putin misogynist who kicks a woman while she's down. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that's not 2020 compliant. And, like, it's just lazy. It's just the laziest, most boring, trite shit you've ever seen. And it just does not fly today. Like, it should Kenneth Branagh could have used a mechanical spider from Well, Well West. Dude, put her, like, yeah, like, like in a chair and drop, like, a scorpion on her or something. Like, make it a little interesting. Like... Like, don't don't just have him, like, take his belt off and threaten her with it menacingly. It's so stale. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, he's practically twirling his mustache, you know? Which I think he does in Wild Wild West. Let's go to them reverse time bones. All right, um, brother Bishki, what do you got? You're you're extra wise with this one, so I think you're gonna set the tone here. Yeah, like as I mentioned, um, you know, I think I think uh, Lucas and I had a little bit of an inverted experience. I think <laughs> in the first half, I was with it. I was like, yeah, this is Christopher Nolan doing James Bond, which makes sense. Like, I think he should do a James Bond film someday. Absolutely, I think Nolan in terms of an action director is just working on another level from pretty much anybody out there visually and technically. So I was very on board for that. I really wish I would have seen it on the big screen. I think it would have had more of an impact. Yeah. And I think I do agree with some of the criticisms that Lucas has of, of Kenneth Branagh as kind of a cheesy villain. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh but I'm going to give it three bones on my first viewing. I will review it uh, again in the IMAX theater, hopefully this year sometime. And, yes, uh, knock on all the wood. My bones count might go up when I get that Dolby kicking in. But um, <laughs> but for right now, I'm three bones. I really uh, love, I think, just Nolan's career trajectory. It's just, he's amazing. Three bones from Brother Bisky. Brother Lucas, what do you got? Yeah, I uh, enjoyed this more than Inception, for the record, um, because I I thought Inception was too convoluted and got bogged down and like too much exposition and explaining where it's just like, you lost me, dude. Like, I just want to see fun, cool shit. 
And in this, like he does kind of <laughs> just show you a bunch of fun, cool shit, like pretty consistently, like it does move at a steady clip uh, as previously mentioned. Um, I don't know. I just wish that, yeah, the, the story was maybe the plot itself was maybe tweaked a little bit because there are some really cool scenes and sequences like the plane exploding at the airport or, or like the, de mm -hmm. the desert uh, sequence where there are like two teams, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. just like that, that I would have loved to have seen on a big screen, like no doubt. And with the knowledge that because it's Christopher Nolan, he achieved all these crazy visuals probably in the most difficult way possible for himself yeah. you know it's like you practical. can believe that yeah. they it's practical they fucking figured it out and it was expensive as fuck like that mm -hmm. the movie oozes expensive <laughs> yeah 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 and the, the one thing i i noticed in this film too because i really did think of it like i was i was joking um with someone and i said it's like Remember those like those mix CDs? Like now that's what I call music, 1990. It's like <laughs> now that's what I call Nolan, 2020, because you know it, it takes things from like all his previous films, like like yeah. the plays with time with Memento and and yeah, the whole truck hijacking was like the Dark Knight, and uh, yep. the the Opera House was kind of like the Dark Knight Rises a little bit, like that that plane hijacking. Yep. Like he really has like his his tools that he kind of goes to and you you could just see like where he was taking things from from the past and like you know sprucing them up or, or what have you yeah and and like i just wish he didn't lean so hard on his composer and he was using a new composer this time it wasn't hans it was um Lud ludwig gernarsen the guy from the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, and it's just relentless. Like there's too much of it. And I always feel you, yeah. you can have score, but when the characters are talking in a dialogue and you're, and you're still playing it, you're doing like a disservice to your, to your film and your storytelling because it's just sure. like, distracting and it's manipulative and you're just not confident that the audience is going to be smart enough to emotionally understand or intellectually get what the fuck they're talking about. And then when you throw it into like Nolan sound mix, like you can't hear what they're saying. Like you physically, physiologically are like, <laughs> what? Like he whispered something to her. What? Like, I, I don't know, you know? Um, and and, and that, he's famous for playing chicken with the audience too, in a way where I think I, I read him saying something to the effect of what? Like movies aren't allowed to be loud anymore. I'm going to make loud fucking movies, you know? <laughs> I know. And there's some loud scenes too. It's, it's, uh, it's a dangerous game you play though. Cause if you can't hear it, you're fucked. It is. And, and I like the cast, but like there was something about like them being so fresh faced and young where I was like, man, I know Denzel is too old to play the protagonist, but maybe Idris Elba would have been like a cooler choice because like there's something yeah. about John David Washington. He's very good, but like, I don't think he has the charisma of, of his father and like he's, he's soft or something like he, he looks to me like an agent. Like I could just see him like at a talent agency, like, you know, Jerry <laughs> Maguire, like representing somebody or like soliciting and like, yeah, getting a big role for someone. But but to play a tough guy, like beating up a, a kitchen full of Russians, 
I'm like, yeah, man, only in the movies, dude. Like, would you be able to beat all these guys up? Because I, I just, I think you got soft hands. Like, I don't think you ever worked a day in your life. And if there's one thing <laughs> that we know Lucas craves, it's gravitas. It's gravitas. <laughs> well, no, like, just picture Robert Pattinson and Idris Elba together, and there's going to be better chemistry of them doing crazy shit than if it's just like a younger guy, his same age, where they're like peers, you know, like, I don't know, just there was no Chucky sauce to it. It was just too, <laughs> like, pretty, you know, like, just too pretty. So what what does this pretty movie get on your bones? Oh, oh, sorry. Two and a half bones. Two and a half on bones. On both viewings, on both viewings. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we got a three, we got a two and a half. I'm going to put a big asterisk on this because I need, I feel like I need to see it again to properly assess it. You know, like I, I saw it, I got what I got from it. I was entertained, you know, here and there when I, when I fully was on board with understanding what was going on. Uh, visually, it's amazing, but you know, I feel like I need to see it again to fully grasp it. And then I'll be able to see if there was something for me to fully grasp, but as it is on an enjoyment level, I'm at like two bones. So the impeccable visual style of it and the crazy stunt work, bring it up to two and a half for me with an asterisk. We could go higher later. If we do bone adjustments in the future, this one might be on my list of, of what, I, what I'm looking to adjust. So The bone adjustment cast. We keep talking about it. We, we got to actually do it one of these days. Yeah. We got to visit the uh, podcast chiropractor and adjust some of our bones because I would love to revisit some of what we've done. And Lodgemaster, can I give one shout out? Absolutely, sir. Um, yeah, Matt's Movie Lodge, uh, our group of ragtag Lodgers has set up a Jiffy account, <laughs> and yes, it, and we've included some movies that we've lodge casted. Um, I have, uh, as a Christmas gift to the lodge, created gifts or gifs, however you wish to pronounce it. It's debatable, <laughs> um, but I have created over 150 <laughs> of these. You and mm. and also movies that we've screened at the lodge. And we just want to share it with our LodgeCast listeners. Yes. If they go to Jiffy.com, if you don't know of the site, it's very popular, G-I-P-H-Y.com slash channel slash Matt's Movie Lodge. And if you, if you access that in a browser, either on your smartphone or on a desktop computer, you will be allowed <laughs> to view, share, and post to your friends all the funny gifs that we have collected over our years of viewing films together as a movie lodge. And I'm telling you, these are the dankest, the rarest. Nobody you know is going to have these. So this is a key into a secret room with just golden moments that you can drop into your text convos. You can hit people up. They won't see it coming. And you're going to be the bell of the gift ball with these. Yeah. I guarantee it. We got salad dragons. We got Marwin. We got um, <laughs> tons of Ray Don Chong. We got all sorts of Christopher Walken. Lots of good, good ones of him. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, one of our figureheads. And most importantly, we, we've got the love and light GIF. Yeah, the very first GIF is love and light. So check them out. 
and uh, just blow your friends' minds with them. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Love and light, guys. Tenet was a weird one, but yeah. we got through it. We'll see what old Nolan gets up to next. <laughs> Maybe he'll make a COVID movie next. <laughs> light and love. <laughs> It's it's a it's a tough one.